Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean, here along with Zach Berman at the Novacare Complex. The Eagles play the Houston Texans on Sunday, 1 o'clock, Lincoln Financial Field, and they're more than uh, still alive, Zach, in this thing. They need a little help. They basically need the Vikings to lose one of their last two games while they win their last two games to get in as a wild card. What do you think the chances are, besides uh, you know what we hear from uh, websites like... Uh, <laughs> 35, what is it, 35, 8 or whatever? Uh, 538, yeah. 538, they say it's 37%. I, I certainly think it's it's plausible. Uh, that said, I think Minnesota's going to win these last two games. And if you're saying, well, they have the Bears, what's more likely to happen, Minnesota beating Chicago or Eagles beating Houston? I'd say Minnesota beating Chicago. Uh, so I can certainly see the Eagles winning these last two games. I actually like the Eagles in this matchup this weekend the more I look at it. Uh, but it might be too little too late because I think the Vikings beat a Lions team that seems to have cash in their chips. And then Week 17 at home, when you look at the Bears' home road splits this year, uh, I just think the Vikings win that game. I got a little ahead of, our, of us here uh, by talking about the game because I really wanted to focus more on some of the recent news of this week, and that's the Pro Bowl rosters. Eagles had three guys make the team. Fletcher Cox, no surprise. Zach Ertz, no surprise. Brandon Brooks, eh, not probably not a surprise uh, as a starting guard. Uh, he didn't get a starting. Is he, he did. Or, yeah, starting guard. Um, who were some of the guys you felt like that at least had an argument of getting in? Well, I'll preface this by saying when you're 7-7, seven and seven, you shouldn't expect to get six guys in. The Eagles got six guys in last year. Uh, that's, that's rare. You know, and when you look at the top teams, you know, the – Los Angeles Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs, those are the teams that got the most players in this year. Um, that said, I, I think Malcolm Jenkins, you can make a strong argument, should be in over Landon Collins. Um, but, uh, again, it's it's not like this big you know criminal injustice that's happened. And then I, I think Jason Kelsey's had a good year. Um, with that being said, I'm not watching every center in the league so closely. Alex Mack and Mac and Max Unger, the two guys who made it, are you know among the best centers in the league too. Um, but I don't think there's anyone else who I would really point to and say uh, it's it's a real tough snub. There have been times in the past when you know Fletcher Cox didn't get in one year when I think he had nine and a half sacks, then he got in the next year. Jason Kelsey's best year, he didn't get in. So, uh, you know, like, like uh, last year, for instance, Kelsey didn't get in and, and probably deserved to. Um, so I don't look at it like major snubs, but I'd say Malcolm and Jason. Well, Malcolm was, one of, was an alternate. Jason Kelsey was an alternate. Lane Johnson's an alternate. And Brandon Graham mm-hmm. was an alternate. Uh, that's probably more name recognition than anything. I, Michael Bennett's performed much better than, than Graham this season. He, he maybe had an argument. The guys that got it. That got in ahead of him were Cameron Johnston. I mean, I'm sorry, Cameron Jordan, um, Demarcus yeah. Lawrence, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and, uh, and and Daniel Hunter. So they, they don't they don't separate it between. Uh, that's just DNs. That's not edge rushers. No, so, so like Khalil Mack wanted as a linebacker. Yes, yeah, so yes, it's not outside linebacker. Right. Okay. Um, maybe Cameron Johnston. That's why I said Johnston. Yes, but uh, the. The punter who goes The Seahawks. Yeah, I, I believe he leaves in both in. net and gross. Although Cameron Johnson's had a really strong season. He has. He's second in the NFL in both gross and net. Especially considering where 
it was earlier this year. Yeah, you weren't really sure about him. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Michael Dixon got in. He was the punter for the NFC team. And then uh, you, you spoke about the, the defensive ends who got in. Um, I don't think Lane Johnson was going to get in there uh, as a starter, missed some time this year. And the starting tackles were Taron Armstead, Tyron Smith, and Trent Williams. Uh, Zach Ertz deserved to be the top tight end. George Kittle is having a fantastic year. He's more yards than Ertz. Uh, he was the number two tight end there. And then Brandon Brooks, Zach Martin are the two starters. Trey Turner, the backup guard. So, yeah, so I, I don't think there's so any... So no, no Isaac Samal? <laughs> no Isaac Samal this year. Maybe next year. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Pro Bowl, in a lot of ways, is kind of pointless, but... You know, when the All-Pro teams come out, I'm not sure if they'll have anybody on it this year. That's a good question. Um, that's voted by the media. Uh, I don't have an All-Pro vote, so I'm not sure. I'm curious to see. Uh, I will say this about the alternates. They'll probably play in the game um, because you see guys drop out every year. The Super Bowl teams obviously don't send someone, and those teams always have a lot of representatives. Sometimes if you make the championship game, players don't want to go play in the Pro Bowl the next week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I think that the Eagles will probably have, you know, six six guys who are quote-unquote Pro Bowlers by the end of the year. Yeah, I guess Fletcher Cox and Zach Ertz are probably the only guys that have a shot at the All-Pro um, rosters. Yeah, I think Zach Ertz makes All-Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably second team. No, I'd say first. Travis Kelsey's had a better year. I mean, Zach Ertz Travis is, Kelsey has more receiving yards. He has more receiving yards per average. He has more touchdowns. Zach Ertz might set the NFL record for yeah, Travis Kelsey may set it too. You know what I'm saying? He's, like He's going to top 110 receptions? He's got 93. I mean, he's probably not going to, you In know. two weeks, he's going to get 17. Okay, well, you never know. He's going to have over 100 catches, and he's going to have yeah. over 300 yards. He's gonna, actually, he's going to set the receiving yards record for okay. tight ends probably. Okay. Travis yeah. Kelsey's better than Zach Ertz. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think he deserves to get in ahead of Zach. Ertz is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to slight him. He's great. He's the second, probably the second best tight end in the NFL. Travis Kelsey's better. Okay. Um, you don't agree with that? No, I, I, I think I can see an argument either way. I'm asking you who's better, Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey? Good question. I'll go Travis Kelsey. Okay. Well, then what? You're acting like I'm saying something insane. No, 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 no. I, I, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. And I, I think Travis Kelsey had a more stable quarterback situation this year. Uh, Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Before that, he had, I mean, yeah, yeah Alex Smith's not got yeah, his name sure. for it. And he's always averaged more, way more yards per catch. Now, he's a different type of receiver than, than Zach. But Does Zach Ertz top 110 catches this year? Uh, so he's got, what, one-on-one right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it. They'll find a way to get it to him. <laughs> Carson's not out there, though. Whether, the, whether <laughs> they, you know, I guess even if the game, if the last game doesn't matter, obviously they'll find a way. Kelsey's just better. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not staging these arguments. I mean, Zach's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to slight him, but Travis yeah. Kelsey's better. I'm not staging And Travis Kelsey's been better for a longer period of time, sure. too. Okay. Um, but anyway, that being said, we did have a little uh, update, or at least a confirmation, that Chris Maragos did have surgery again on his knee. He suffered uh, torn ACL and PCL injuries last October. That is typically a one-year injury, but we don't know a lot of the details of, of what happened with the initial surgery, what happened with the rehab. Um, I think there was a period there where we thought uh, we may never see Chris play again. 
just by just kind of just judging the success in the situation by seeing him and the fact that he wasn't really doing anything at any point during training camp. We still feel that way, don't we? I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this is a guy that uh, his game speed. And if he loses just a little bit of that speed, it's going to be really hard. Because he's not, he's not a defensive player. He's, he's not good at backpedaling. I mean, he's fine. He's just, he's, that's just not his position. He's a, he's a, a you know, downhill special teams ace. He's the type of guy that can make plays that way. And, and he does it a lot of times because of, he can get down the field faster than anybody else. If he can't, if he can't do that anymore, you wonder how effective he can be. And especially, he's over. I think he's thirty-one at this yeah. at this point in his career. It's a shame yeah, I, I, I think we've seen the end of Chris Maragos in Philadelphia. Certainly in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, possibly in his career, especially now that he's got. I mean, how many teams are willing to take a risk on that? Great guy. Uh, had a good career here. Mm-hmm. Um, Respected in the locker room. Well liked in the locker yeah, room. He was the captain last year. Yep. But it does again. I mean, it's one of those uh, laundry list of. Uh, of players that have had just awkward rehabs. And I don't know the exact nature of what happened. Uh, I do know now that it's, it's, been, it's been a long time and he, had, and he had to have another surgery. I mean, we saw with Matt Collins, he had to have a second surgery himself. Yeah, look, at the end, we've, we've seen photo evidence this week of Jalen Mills, who was close to playing. Now he's, he in went from a walking boot, now he's in a cast and a scooter. Um, Howie Roseman's going to talk after the season. And at some point, uh, and this is a question that's going to come up because, as as we've said numerous times, Doug Peterson takes the bullets. But this is not he. Uh, Doug Peterson's not in charge of the medical staff. He doesn't. He's not a doctor. Uh, this is going to be Howie Roseman who is going to have to answer these questions. Right. And again, look, a lot of the injuries are are not freak injuries. Or just, I mean, they are just they're injuries that just happen over the course of time. They're cut and dry. In some cases, but when a number of them have seemingly are seemingly set to return, or they do return and then they suffer another setback, or the rehab takes longer than we're typically accustomed to, it raises a lot of questions about how the medical team is handling uh, the recoveries. And I think that's they're just fair questions to ask. Uh, certainly, of Howie Roseman, you wish you would get some doctors or some of the training staff. I don't think that's yeah. ever going to happen. Um, I was going to say, and and we should also differentiate between the medical staff and the training staff because those are two separate departments, really. You know, the medical staff is is kind of doing the surgeries and whatnot. The training staff's doing the rehab, um, so that's something to uh, to to really monitor here. I, I thought you hit it well in your October column. Was it October when you wrote it? When you said the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, and then they changed their training staff and their medical staff. And now you're seeing uh, a re- repeated injuries here or questions that have had, that have come up. And not to say the previous training staff and medical staff was impervious to criticism because there are critics of those staffs as well. But the Eagles won a Super Bowl. They made these changes, and they're having the year they're having. So that's why the question will come up. Right. You can't, you can't point to injuries as one of the top reasons why you didn't repeat and then not question, and then not yeah look into why there were so many injuries. Sure. I mean, I think that's just that's just fair, and, and I think that's something we've heard from the team already. Doug has talked about injuries. Players have talked about injuries. I'm sure that Howie Roseman will mention injuries after the season as an as one of the excuses for why they didn't repeat. Well, then why why were there so many injuries? Um, these are fair questions to ask. Now, one of the injuries. How about course, this, by the way, though? Uh, real quick, and you know Howie well. Predict your Howie answer when. 
you ask the question or I ask the question or someone asks the question, what's your how he answered? Um, it's a good question. Um, he knows the question's coming, so he's mm -hmm. going to have a lot of time to prepare for it. Um, I think he's going to just kind of um, avoid the subject. Yeah, I think he's going to say, we don't talk about internal staff decisions, but we have a lot of confidence in the people that we hired, and we're uh, on board with all the... What about explaining why they let uh, the previous doctors go? I think he's going to say, we don't discuss Same staff thing. decisions. Yeah. But then, why have there been so many issues this year? And he might disagree uh, with the premise happens, of the question. This happens yeah. in... The, it's these, football. You know, this so is football. We've we've done enough research, and I'm sure they have. I mean, they do do research on this kind of thing. They could just say, "Well, it's not that far out of the norm of, of how many injuries you can have, etc." But the Eagles are. I mean, they were among. You know, um, Football Outsiders does kind of uh, games lost analysis mm -hmm. to injury, and the Eagles from 2013 to 16. Now, three of those years were Chip Kelly years in the sports science, etc. They were in the top six in in those three years in Doug's first year. Last year, they were 13th. And this year, they're 24th. They've already lost 157 games to injury. 27 players have, have at some, some point over the course of the season, have lost at least one game to injury. And that includes guys that are on IR, guys like Chris, Chris Maragos that are on the phys physically unable to perform list. Last year, it was 23 guys total and 111 games. Now, we're, we still have two games to go, and there's a, we already know there's a bunch of guys on that list, they're going to lose more games. So in the end, it's probably going to be almost like 180-something games. Could be more than that. 111 to 180 or something, whatever, total games lost to injury. That's a significant increase. Yeah. They've had 14 guys already on IR, placed on IR at some point. Last year, there was only six. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think also that uh, if that's kind of the route how he takes... Um, It'll be disappointing. I think that's weak because I think if... if if you feel like there's something to defend, defend it. If you feel like there's nothing to defend, avoid it. And if he avoids it, I think uh, it well, means they can't, offend, and then they well, can't defend it. Well, we'll know really how they feel about the new medical staff and whether they do anything in the offseason. Now, these guys sign contracts. I, my, my expectation is that they're not going to all of a sudden cut bait. But, uh, you know, the head orthopedic surgeon is Christopher Dotson, who also is the head uh, physician with the 76ers. So um, it's not like this guy's starving. <laughs> you do want to let him go. I don't it does think make you wonder why. You, I mean, a lot of people brought this up. I don't know if there's any reason to make the correlation or be concerned, but you know, the Sixers have had some dubious injuries too. They've had some questions about how they've handled recoveries as well. Do you think there's any, you know, maybe because that's the way they handle it, um, that's the way they're going to they're do it with the Eagles? There's, there's some similarities there. I think the Sixers' problem actually – well, in the case of like Ben Simmons, for instance, was communication. I don't think they did, they did a good job communicating it. And you can say the Eagles have that similar shortcoming. Uh, if you know, I mean, Joel Embiid, they drafted an injured player. And to their credit, the medical staff, the training staff, whoever it is, they were patient with it. And now Embiid's been, been playing well and, and, and putting a lot of time on, on that foot. So What about Markel Fultz? Well, I, I don't think that's a, I think that's a much more complicated situation than the medical staff, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just based on reading the reports, I I don't think that's a that has something more to do with Folds than than the team. Yeah. Now, but I, I don't cover the Sixers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I you talk about them all the time on TV, Zach, <laughs> as if you're an expert. <laughs> I, I I follow the Sixers uh, 
very closely, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't, uh, I don't think that was a medical yeah. uh, oversight. Speaking of injuries, we really didn't get any kind of uh, updates today from Doug Peterson. Although we know that Carson Wentz will be out for Sunday, Nick Foles will get the start again. No surprise there. He won't do anything this season, th- this week as well. Uh, Jordan Hicks sounds like he's kind of again questionable. Um, Isaac Sayamalu, same thing. Who could be back? Jordan Hicks and Tim Jernigan are the guys. Oh, Tim Jernigan is the other one. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll see how that pans out this week. They didn't practice on. They, players got the day off on Tuesday for the second straight week, and they're not going to practice full on Wednesday. Doug, you know, typically uh, teams do kind of scale back towards the end of the season. They try and you know take the gas off the, uh, the foot off the pedal um, after just so much play and just your body wearing down. But, but Doug seems to be kind of paying attention to. Uh, I don't know if the players are saying anything, but I think he's, you know, he's being a little proactive here in giving guys a little rest. And it seems to have paid off in certain certain moments. Certainly, this past week they beat the Rams, but um, that's it. That you know, that'll be it. Uh, I mean, that's just basically uh, I think how they'll handle probably the rest of the season too next week as well. I agree, and, but it could be a different situation next week uh, if it doesn't go the Eagles' way this week. Then. They could be in a situation where they're eliminated, and then you're curious. Right, so they lose and the Vikings win. They're at, they're eliminated. Correct. Uh, well, then there are other. You get to see what Seattle does. They have a couple more. Uh, well, outs. actually, Seattle, Seattle does. Well, no, actually, if the Eagles lose, Minnesota wins. Yeah, they're out. Yeah. Right. I think they're definitely out. Yeah. Unless uh, the only way they'd still be in is if the Cowboys lost. I oh, know they they lost. They they lose no matter what. They're out. Unless Minnesota. Yeah, uh, unless, unless Minnesota loses. Unless Minnesota, yeah, right. Unless yeah. Minnesota loses, too. Then, then, right. That's basically yeah. the only scenario that they can lose and still be alive. All right, well, that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast for this Wednesday. We'll come back in a few days and talk to you, uh, have a little more detail about, uh, about the Texans game, about the Texans and the game. Look at that a little more closely. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean, and this is the Bird's Eye View podcast. <laughs>